Well, hello, friends, and look who it is from the NFL Network. It's James Palmer. James, you doing all right, buddy? I'm good, pal. Things considering, it's good to see uh, see your face and, and talk to you a little bit, Drew. This is a nice, nice feeling considering what we're going through. It is, and we're going to get into each of our respective setups behind us in a little bit. But we got to talk turkey. We got to talk Texans, and we got to talk about the three biggest needs in your mind as they enter the NFL draft, and really as they enter this portion of the offseason. What do you see the Texans needing to do, wanting to do, and having to do over the course of the next month or so? Yeah, Drew, when you look at the way they played defensively, and obviously some changes have to be made over there, you're last in the red zone, I think. You, you know, you're 31st against the pass, and, and those are things that need to change. Obviously, Bill O'Brien's been very clear that, you know, you need a quarterback, tackles, and corners are extremely important. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went out there and tried to help out their secondary corner-wise. I think also helping out that secondary be getting a pass rush, whether that's interior or on the outside, I think it's extremely important to get another player that can go out there and get after the quarterback, even if that's in a rotational sense, and somehow a guy that can maybe get after the quarterback in even just a couple of snaps. And then obviously you always can look at the interior line. But I think the biggest one, and we'll talk at length about it probably, is the receiver spot with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Stills and Will Fuller on last year, their contracts. And I think Will's going to stick around. I'm not sure about Kenny, but I do think receiver is the biggest thing. Now, here's a couple of nuggets for you. One, I've heard guys say around the league that they think four or five receivers are going to go in the first round, which is quite a bit. But this receiver class is so deep that some general managers I've talked to have said that you can maybe get a starter as late as the fifth round, which yeah. is nuts in my mind. But at the same time, I think that should make Texans fans feel a little bit better and sleep a little bit easier that you look at you have two picks in the second round to where you can get a guy that you don't just want to be a starter, but a guy that can be a playmaker for you instantly. Go look at Michael Thomas, maybe the best receiver in football, second round pick, the best receiver of the rookie class last year, A.J. Brown, second round pick. So I think you can get a guy that makes an immediate impact, specifically in this draft class, in that second round and with two picks there, I think it helps you out, but that's the number one spot, number one need I think the Texans have. Yeah, and you need that to happen. Based on what you saw in the last game you played, the offense across the mm -hmm. field from you had weapons aplenty, and they just added one in DeAndre Washington. He's not a pass catcher. He's a running back, but I think their running game got better with his addition. So it's something where you've got the quarterback. You like what you have in Deshaun Watson, but mm -hmm. it's kind of like what you're saying. You need more weapons, and you need to kind of layer in those weapons. And it's something we've discussed here locally quite a bit. And you're a good guy to talk to because before you were with the NFL Network, you worked here in Houston for CSN Houston. I still want my CSN. You did a great job there. It was a great product. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and now you're based in Denver. So you're the perfect guy to talk to because the Texans re-signed Bradley Roby. What did you see from him last year and what might be ahead knowing that he has some stability, has some, uh, some time here to grow within this system? Yeah, I think it's a great point. Roby is, is a big key to what they do in their secondary. And I think what we saw last year, and, and I talking to people in Houston, talking to people around the league, he's a really great athlete. I remember Aqib yeah. Tlaib a couple years ago telling me that he was the best athlete on their team, and that was when they were going and winning Super Bowl 50. He has the ability. I think the issue was staying healthy last year with the, the – I think it was a hamstring, right, injury that he yeah. had or a groin, something like that. Was that, that Kansas kept him City the in the regular field. season, yeah. Exactly. And if you remember in that game, Drew, he was playing brilliantly against Tyree Hill, and the Texans wanted to put him against Hill quite a bit in that game. And he was playing him really well until he went down with the injury. And then that kept him off the field for a stretch. And then go and look at what he did in that game against the Bills. 
I mean, a lot of it doesn't come up in the stat sheet, but if you go watch it, he drops a pick six, but the point is he's there to make the play. He causes the fumble with Josh Allen as well, which remember, I think it's ruled his knee was down, right? I mean, what I'm saying is he was making plays all over the field in that wild card game. And I think that playmaking ability, if he can be on the field for 16 games, is huge when you're looking at the other corners are going to maybe be a liability in a sense. I think you need him to be a lockdown guy. And it's pretty cool because it was kind of a surprise to a lot of folks that he came back. I I think there was an idea that Roby was gone after this year, but he comes back and he gives you a shot in the arm there as far as stability uh, and continuity. So that's going to be fun to see. But let's move on to the quarterback. A moment ago, we were talking about layering in weapons for Deshaun Watson. What's next for this guy? It's his third full year as a starter, his fourth year in the league. He's done a really good job so far. We know the electricity is there. But what does he do next to take a step? You know, this is going to sound crazy, and I'm not making the comparison, but I think he's going to need to be Tom Brady. Now, and I mean that as in play the way Brady plays because the systems are very similar. The way the dropback game is operated in Houston is similar to the way the dropback game is in New England. And if you look outside of the year that he had Randy Moss, there was no clear-cut, dominant, top-tier, number one wide receiver that he's played with in his career. It's because he can distribute the ball. The offense is run with precision. Everybody's where they need to be at exactly when they're supposed to be there, and the proof is in the details. I think that's the way Houston wants to run their offense, and now you're going to see Deshaun Watson with all of it falling on his shoulders. How does he distribute the football to all of these different weapons. Obviously, I think you need a big year out of Will Fuller. I think we'll get to him. Kenny Stills, which also that speed unlocks, hopefully, the potential. And people I've spoken to are curious about what David Johnson brings to where he can operate underneath. And I also think what nobody's talking about is the love that the Texans have for their tight end group. And I think we saw some of it last year, and I think we're going to see more of it moving forward. The point I'm making is, There's all of these hopefully B-plus, B-weapons around him. Deshaun Watson needs to be that A-plus player running this offense. And, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. But I think he needs to play in that manner to which he goes out and distributes the football and finds the open guy and all of it, in my opinion, their season falls on his shoulders on what happens between the lines. So with all that in mind and knowing that you're – that you think he needs to distribute it in a different way. What if Will Fuller is healthy for, say, 13, 14 games? What does this offense do? He is such a difference maker. And and I think – and I'm writing about this on NFL.com this week, which is kind of funny that we're we're talking about it. His speed overshadows what he is as a receiver. I mean, I've talked to a lot of corners that have gone against him on other teams, and they're like, that speed's ridiculous. you got to respect it. But he's a complete receiver. Like, they think he's a number one. The Texans do, and other people around the league – think he's a number one as well it's just the health thing that's the only concern and when he's on the field Deshaun Watson goes deep at a higher frequency and at a greater success rate that's because he's so good at that aspect of changing the game I think the way he impacts not just the passing game but your running game as well whatever side he lines up to him Deshaun Watson pointed this out to everyone late in the season if he's lined up on the left side that side needs to respect the speed. Now you can run a four yard run. I remember Watson saying becomes a seven yard run because the safeties have to be deeper. Everything has to be changed on that side of the field, but he needs to be on it. I think he really is a difference maker. This is the last year of his deal. I think he needs to show he can be on the field. I think this off season, as strange as it is for everybody, 
is huge for him to making sure he doesn't have any of those soft tissue issues that he's had in the past and that he can stay on the field because I do think they are a different offense with him on the field than they are without. Now, he's never played without DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's played probably a couple snaps without him, maybe zero. So we'll right. see what life's like with him without Hop, you know, drawing the attention. But I, I, everyone I've spoken to says he has the skill set to be a number one receiver. James Palmer of the NFL Network, always good information. And now we got to get wacky. we got to go off, uh, off kilter a little bit and find out some things. We're going to do yeah. a Drew's Dozen. So first things first, tell me about your setup behind you. Where are you? How did this come to be? What's the deal there, buddy? Right now I'm in a basement bedroom at the house. I know we've been doing this for a little while at NFL Network, and I think we might be doing it for a little bit longer, sadly. So this is a basement bedroom. This is like a, a record player. Whoop that it was my, uh, my, my wife's grandma, Cece's, back in California. These are a bunch of credentials that I framed on a board morning. That's a painting by my wife's uncle. We got some pictures and different things around here. I've just kind of a little makeshift setup down here in the basement. But, uh, it, you know, it's the only quiet place in the house, Drew. Uh, right now, the kid and the wife are doing a little virtual learning upstairs. Well, how about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat with you. I've got children as well. But uh, let's get back to those credentials behind you. Now, you've been in the NFL and covered the NFL for about seven, eight years now. But before that, you, you covered them all. You covered all the bases. Are those just NFL credentials behind you? You got anything else that's, uh, you know, sort of off the, the beaten path? This is I, – I, I think this is all NFL. Look, there's an Andre Johnson uh, a media day thing that he had, but that's all, it's all NFL in college. I covered the, okay. the, the Mountain West Conference and the, and the uh, SEC before I got to the NFL. So there's some of those are sprinkled in there as well. Maybe a Wyoming Cowboys credential, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, didn't, you, didn't you cover like Colorado State swimming from time to time and diving and stuff? I certainly did, Drew. It's on the YouTubes. You can see me. I tried out for Wyoming's diving team. I tried out for Air Force's fencing team back in my young, my young days where you would do that wacky stuff on the air. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about we're in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. We're doing okay, thankfully, uh, knock on wood. When this all ends, what's the first thing you're going to do that you can't do right now? Oof. You know, I, I, I'm a people person and, and you know, I, I just want to go someplace where there's just human interaction. And I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things. I mean, we're really big uh, and going outdoors and, you know, skiing is kind of the biggest thing in our family here in yeah. Colorado. And it's what we do as a family pretty regularly. So um, that season will be over, but getting back up to the mountains and maybe do some mountain biking and hiking and be in kind of those mountain towns like Vail that we love, uh, I think is kind of one of the first things we'll do, drive up to the mountain. Yeah, that's good stuff. I've talked to a few players on this, and they've said travel is, is one of the big things. Mm -hmm. Chester Pitts did one with him, and he's like you. He's a people person. You know, he misses just high-fiving, shaking hands and all that stuff. So with all that in mind, what's a yeah. guilty pleasure? I mean, those are basic things that we all want to get back to, but what's a guilty pleasure that you've missed during all this? You know, Colorado, we're really known for our breweries and, you know, from Fort Collins to Boulder to Denver, it's up in the mountains. And we love going to different breweries and trying different beers. And, and the, fu the fun thing is here in Colorado, a lot of them are family friendly. So going and doing the tastings and doing those things, definitely a guilty pleasure uh, of ours as a family and, and me, if I can sneak off by myself and hit a couple breweries as well. I know you pretty well, and I know you probably appreciate teachers and what they do, but how much has your admiration, yep. appreciation for teachers grown during this time? Because mine, it's gone sky high, and it was already very, very high. 
Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, my mom was a teacher. My sister's a special needs teacher. I have an education degree uh, on top of a journalism degree. I know I don't toot my own horn, Drew, but, you know, <laughs> two degrees, no big deal. Um, but, you know, so I, I've always had an appreciation for teachers. But right now, watching what my sister's doing with her students, who are definitely in a different world than a lot of uh, other children, and how she's trying to work with them is remarkable. And, and watching my wife, and I'm going to throw under the bus for a second, just like struggle working with my son because it's hard. Um, well, she's shows she's you in the same boat as a lot of other are. ladies. And, and, uh, Ex exactly. And watching her put in the effort, and she's so good at it. I, that's the compliment part. But it, it shows you how hard it is because she gets frustrated, right? And she goes through um, some struggles working with him. And I think it just shows you how good – our teachers really are and how valuable they are. I've done it for a while and, you know, from watching my mom and my sister, but I think now I think all of us are getting a greater appreciation and, you know, hopefully these kids can get back to school and see their buddies. He did virtual class and like just seeing his friends, it's his teacher and five kids at the same time, them just, you know, screaming at each other and yeah. then her trying to control not a room full of kids, but a digital room full of kids, even harder. The mute button is at a premium on that one. Uh, so, <laughs> Do you have a chance with with youngster, a young guy there? Do you have a chance to binge watch anything with, with all this going on? And if you do, what is well, it? Well, I mean, my, my wife and I, you know, he can't watch, but my wife and I did Tiger King, like the rest of the the universe <laughs> has. And man, that's incredible. I saw something on the internet that was fantastic, where somebody was like, "We're getting to know our Amazon." delivery guys much better and on their front door it said did carol baskin kill her husband there was a no sign and a yes sign and all the packages were placed under the yes sign <laughs> so they're learning about uh <laughs> learning about their delivery guys through tiger so tiger king is definitely the one that we've that we've watched but we're kind of i'm kind of into music a little bit too so i think it gives you an opportunity to kind of you know play the guitar play the ukulele a little bit that stuff staying nice. creative during this time for me is is kind of one of the things that we've done quite a bit of that's perfect. It leads into my next question. If there was an interest, if there was an instrument you could play, which one would it be? Because you, you got the guitar, you got the ukulele. What, what would be the other instrument you'd want to play? Man, well, I'd like to say electric guitar because I can't do that for some reason. I'm just like not good and it's supposed to be easier, but I play an acoustic guitar and the ukulele is pretty simple actually off of that. That's kind of a newer uh, venture for me but like if I could like I'm more like a chords guy and yeah. like throwing things out there you know in the chords so like I, I, the, the picking and playing lead guitar is like uh, you know the sexy guy of the band if I could be Marty McFly uh, and everybody was telling me I was just being too darn loud you're just too darn loud that, I was gonna that, say that, man. That, <laughs> yeah if Huey Lewis was telling me I was being just too darn loud with the megaphone megaphone that would be a dream come true how big a national, or excuse me, an international tragedy is it right now that Huey Lewis cannot sing and perform because of his hearing loss? Yeah, I know. I'm a big Huey Lewis in the news fan. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I mean, all these artists that we're seeing out here performing, which is great, like the country music things where they've been bouncing around and playing at their homes and everything is great. I'd love to see Huey out there. I'd love to see some cars, you know. <laughs> I'd like to see Huey out there mixing it up. Greatest Huey Lewis in the new song is? Oh, jeez. Ooh, that's on the spot. I don't know. I'm not good with song names. Is that bad? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. What's yours, Drew? What's yours? Give me yours. This is it. This is it. Oh, this is Ooh, it. Please let me know. <laughs> that's why Sorry. I wanted you. I just did it so I could watch it, listen to you sing. Yeah, Beautiful. I did. You got me. Uh, you reeled me in. Hey, uh, who's the greatest guitarist of all time in your mind? Oh, man. Uh, I grew up uh, 
with a next door neighbor that absolutely worshipped, and I love that I have gotten no preparation for these questions at all. You're, uh, great. you're, you're a professional. You're a professional. That, this is no problem for you. Thank you. That that worshipped Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and just it. absolutely loved Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I, you know, it's a Texas native, and um, he used to show me at like eight, nine, ten years old, like old Stevie Ray Vaughan like music videos on like VHS and I was raised to think that he was the greatest guitar player of all time. So I'm gonna, st I'm gonna stick with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, the, the Texans here will like that. Hey, uh, what's mm -hmm. the last thing you've cooked? Oh, last thing I cooked. Uh, so we get our meat shipped to the house here during this situation, but we've done it before from a local uh, farm up in Boulder. And I did a couple of ribeyes on a salt block uh on the grill so uh it takes a little bit longer you got to heat up the salt block you know nice and slow but it definitely gives the steak a different flavor so yes yeah, salt block uh ribeyes on the uh on the grill outside that's good because when i did this with chester he hadn't cooked in 20 years 20 years what yeah that's when he graduated oh, college man. he said since he's gotten married his wife does all the cooking what, do you, what was it what was it ramen was it i like don't even know i didn't even i just in the dorm room like, I'm not going back to the 90s with that guy. So other than him, yeah. the only other really crazy answer that I got was Taiwan Jones had not cooked in three years since Mother's Day. And then everybody else, all the other players that I'd spoken with, they'd been in the last week, last few days. So you're right in there with them. Um, yeah, I think this is a great opportunity. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to cook. Totally. I mean, it's a, I think when you're here at the house, we've smoked wings outside for hours and done things like that. I think uh, th that's one of been one of the more entertaining things to just go, all right, we got some time tonight. We're not doing anything. Let's see a different recipe. I got my wife. I'll make another shout out. Can I make a shout out to her? I got shout out my to wife. Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris Shepard's uh, cookbook for Christmas. Uh, nice. And Chris is a good friend and he, and he signed it for Meg and she is a huge cook. So uh, cooking different things from his cookbook is something we're also trying to tackle, which those are, uh, they take some time, a lot of ingredients, uh, but uh, they've been a good, uh, good thing to thumb through and try to find some that we like. Nuts in brownies, a good thing or a punishable offense? Oh, punishable offense. That's I don't like answer. the mix and match of nuts. Thank you. I don't like the mix and match of textures and things like that. Like I don't want, like uh, harder candies in my soft served ice cream. Like it should all be roughly the same type of texture. Same yeah. thing with the brownie. So are you kind of, you also don't want like apples or oranges in your regular salad, not your fruit salad, but your like regular salad. Cause that infuriates me. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not into the nuts. I don't want the croutons. I don't even want the croutons in my Caesar salad uh, oh. at all. Now throw me some anchovies and that's, I'm all day right there. See, I like croutons, salad, but I, I yeah. see. I don't like even croutons in my salad. I don't want to get like mixing things up. Now, cranberries in a salad, I can do, which you know that's acceptable for me. Divergent um, paths. You, you know, like I'm to separate? Saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like you're like the guy that has to separate everything on the table. No, like no, Jerry's no. I just don't want peas one at a time. No, I just don't want sweet stuff in oh, my okay. salad. So listen to Bruce. Hey, uh, who's the greatest, okay. or who's your favorite retired NFL player? Ooh, well, I do have one right here. Yeah. Let me snag him. Uh, this is Randall Cunningham starting lineup. Growing I think up he's in underrated. Philly, I think he's lineup. really underrated, criminally underrated. Super underrated. Yeah. Unbelievably underrated. Um, I think he is kind of uh, a pioneer in the way he played kind of the game. Um, I was a huge Eagles fan, obviously, growing up. So him, Mike Quick, uh, Fred Barnett, those guys of those early Eagles days where I used to go up to Lehigh Valley and watch, uh, watch training camp. 
Okay. Those guys were like my heroes, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, all those guys when I'm a little kid going and watching. I got this great Polaroid. I, I wish I could like run and find it where it's me on uh, Ron Jaworski's shoulders Holy cow. and I'm wearing his helmet and Herm Edwards is right next, next to him as well. So it's me, Herm Edwards, Ron Jaworski and little blonde haired James at five years old is at, down at Eagles uh, trading camp. Hey, we're, we're doing this interview here on a Thursday. You can TBT it if you want. If you probably already have, but it's always good to TBT something like that again uh, out on Twitter and Instagram if you want. Just just a suggestion. It's always cool. Um, okay, last thing is you're, you grew up in Philadelphia. Is Mike Schmidt the greatest third baseman in Major League Baseball history? Combination of power and uh, and ability to field the position. I mean, the number of gold gloves that he has and to hit 500 home runs before everyone apparently seemed to be hitting 500 home runs uh, makes him, in my mind, the greatest third baseman of all time. Little side story, Drew. My dad covered the Phillies and Philadelphia sports for a long time right back then, hence all my days at training camps. But he was actually in Pittsburgh when Mike Schmidt hit his 500th home run. And it was during an inning where Harry Callis, the great broadcaster, was not broadcasting during that inning. Wow. So there was a scary sense to where if Schmidt hits his 500th, Harry Callis won't have the call. So my dad was smart enough to go into the booth and let Harry do Mike Schmidt's at bat on camera, recording it just to be safe. If he hit his 500 there, it would be recorded for everyone to have. Ended up not doing it uh, in that inning. Harry ended up getting the call, but it was kind of a cool uh, cool little backstory, right? Yeah, I like that. He was preparing. It's smart of him. That's good stuff. Yeah. Journalist, well, James, man. It's always good talking with you, man. I hope you, uh, you and the family stay safe and look forward to seeing you again. Hopefully sometime sooner than later. And uh, it's going to be a fun NFL draft here pretty soon, won't it? It really will be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of a kind. But everything I'm hearing from teams around the league is it's actually going to be one where a lot of teams didn't overthink things. They went and trusted their scouts about what they saw during the season. We'll see how the draft goes. It's going to be interesting, but I can't wait to get down to Houston and, and hang out with you guys a little bit more. I love everybody down there. So I hope you're all staying safe. And uh can't wait to get back down to Houston, eat some food. God, I got like a list of restaurants that I could mow through. Uh, yeah. So hopefully I get down there as much as I can uh, as soon as possible. Good times, James. We'll see you again soon.